I'm Heather Bushman for N Equals One, a podcast about science and discovery at UC San Diego. In each episode, we bring you the story of one project, one discovery, or one scientist. Today on N Equals One, I'm talking to Dr. Alan Shadaji, family and sports medicine physician here at UC San Diego Health. That's his day job anyway. Dr. Shadaji is also a team doctor for the US women's national soccer team. Such a cool job. So I caught up with him on the morning he was due to leave to join up with the team and travel with them for the 2019 World Cup in France. He talked to me about what he does, what he likes about it, what's challenging about providing medical care abroad. He also shared some advice for anyone interested in staying healthy and performing well in soccer, including parents with kids getting into the sport. Here he is. I'm one of the team physicians for the uh, U.S. Women's National Team. There's currently three of us um, and we rotate through with coverage and all international tournaments are are covered by a physician and then um, the domestic matches um, also have sideline physician coverage. And what do you like most about it? Oh well in my mind growing up I was always going to be a professional soccer player and at some point I kind of realized that wasn't going to happen um, and I love medicine but you know being on the sideline of a professional match, a World Cup match, the Olympics with 50, 70,000 people at that environment is about as close as you can get and sometimes better. So it's just the excitement and being around the athletes and getting to know them as people as well. Um, probably that combination of things is, is what makes it so special. And where are you going and what will you be doing during the World Cup? So I will be meeting the team um, in England for our pre-World Cup camp and then we will travel together to France. And then once we're in France, um, I'm with the team day in and day out as we prepare for our first two World Cup matches. Um, after the first two, then I kind of transition out and another physician will come in. And during that time, it can be anything and everything depending on what happens. So in a perfect world, there's not much for me to do. And I'm just there to make sure that people are well and healthy and practice a lot of preventive medicine. Um, but people get sick, people get hurt, um, staff get sick, staff get hurt. So in a weird way, I'm kind of on call 24-7 and it just depends on what happens. Um, and as you can imagine, if things do happen, you're overseas. and so. Hospitals, clinics, uh, everything is, is done in the country of, of where we're traveling. So that makes for a, a different challenge. And you mentioned preventative care. What kind of things are you advising them on? Yeah, we, I mean, we really try to do a good job with that. So the staff, the, the physios, the athletic trainers, and myself um, really try to do a good job about emphasizing sleep, uh, nutrition, um, good hygiene practices, all those little things that most people know about and talk about, but just preventing one illness is, is a massive thing. And, you know, because you're in such close quarters in hotels and training rooms, anything that is infectious can spread pretty rapidly. So we really try to do a good job as best we can of prevention. But the reality is there's travel, uh, which we know increases risk for illness. There's stress um, and they're physically really kind of uh, depleted at points no matter what you do. So all those things increase the risk. So we really try to um, do what we can to, to prevent things because that definitely is the, is the easiest way to not have bad things happen. And when you do see injuries, what are some common injuries you see? We typically see a lot of musculoskeletal things, um, ankle sprains, hamstring injuries, 
I would say those are the two most common things, lower extremity, soft tissue injuries. And then we do see a lot of cough and cold, you know, allergy things, just your basic primary care stuff too. And as we were kind of talking, because you're traveling, there's a lot of little stuff that comes up. And then of course we also um, manage concussions, but those are not very frequent usually, which is a great thing. So um, all those things are, are encompassed in primary care sports medicine, all those things uh, I manage. Do you see differences in the types of injuries you see between female and male soccer players? There is some variability and the reality is there's not a lot of research with women's uh, soccer. There's a lot of research and a good body of evidence developing with, with men's soccer, especially at the elite levels. And I think there's a big push to develop more research on the female side of things to, to kind of compare those. Um, there are obviously some differences just because of um, innate physical differences that predispose women to different injuries than men. But by and large, a lot of the soccer injuries are pretty uniform, um, but we really don't have the data to make that comparison. What are you most looking forward to as you travel and go to these games? Each experience is so different, and I think part of it is seeing the culture um, where we travel to, getting to know the local people, um, but then ultimately just being a part of this. Um, it's truly kind of an honor, and it's so humbling, and it's, it's very surreal, actually, um, you know, being a part of this really elite team and being able to, to just play a small role um, with all of this and so for me I just get excited it is complete work you know I I talk to friends or I have patients and they give me recommendations for restaurants and for touristy things and the reality is most of the time I see the hotel and the pitch every once in a while we'll get out for a walk and some exercise um, but it really is a, a working trip but it's so exciting and so fulfilling and um, I'm just excited for all of it. Now, you mentioned working with an in-country health system that you might not be familiar with as one challenge. Are there other challenges that you typically face as you're traveling and trying to care for players? Yeah. You know, I think sports medicine is, is complicated um, and challenging for that reason because you're really balancing multiple different things. You're balancing the player's um, well-being and their injury in addition to the team, um, in addition to communication with coaches and other staff. Um, you know, I think soccer is known as the beautiful game because it's so free-flowing and there's not a lot of stoppages and timeouts. And that makes it very appealing for players and for fans. But as a physician, and especially as a sideline physician, I think it makes it much more challenging and more challenging probably than any other sport because you don't have the ability to take somebody off and sub them. Um, at the elite level, you have three subs for the whole match. So if you bring a player off and they're subbed out, they're done for that match. So there's a lot of pressure um, and there's a lot of challenges with sideline medicine in soccer. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things um, in, in that environment. Um, but all of it kind of makes for a very exciting uh, challenge and you do your best and you, you act on pretty much the what would be the best thing for the athlete in that moment. You really try to go based on that and, and do your best just like anything else. What would you tell a soccer player, elite or otherwise? What's your best advice on preventing injury and maximizing performance? Yeah, I, I think that's always the key and most people are interested in that. There is decent literature developing um, for prevention with ACL injuries, hamstring injuries, um, and again, nothing's perfect, but there are some things to be done, both in warm-up um, and as well as some exercises 
that can be done to really reduce risk. So nothing is ever zero risk, um, but the FIFA 11 Plus uh, is a warm-up that has been shown to reduce injury risk. Um, there are some Nordic hamstring exercises and other types of hamstring exercises that have been shown to decrease risk for hamstring. And then there's ACL prevention um, programs that also are very effective. So for coaches, um, players, parents, I mean, I'd really encourage them. And most of that stuff is freely distributable um, if you just look up online. So those are things. And then really not to minimize or forget uh, just the things we talked about even earlier, sleep, stress, nutrition, um, all those things play such a major role. And we kind of take it for granted, and it's just working harder and training harder, but really the rest days and, and kind of monitoring um, load is what we call it, how intense and how frequent uh, athletes are working out, especially at the youth levels, um, has been really been shown to be effective. And to kind of extrapolate a little bit more, even with youth players, um, you know, I grew up in Chicago and you couldn't play a lot of things year round. In San Diego, we are uh, lucky to be able to play most sports year round. But it's really been shown a lot of good research that playing different sports um, when you're younger before specializing is probably one of the most important things to prevent injury. So for even for soccer players, um, you don't really need to be specializing until probably your teens. Um, and so when you're young, 8, 9, 10, play different sports, play a lot of different things. And that's one of the more important things in terms of overall prevention. That's fantastic. I think that's something people don't really know, <laughs> but is a simple and helpful thing. Yeah. Hard though, right? I mean, there's so much pressure to get your kid on some competitive track from an early age. Absolutely. And it's, again, because of, I think, the weather, to be honest, you can do that, um, but all injury risk goes up. Um, and when you look at the elite athletes, especially they've done a, a research like in football, a lot of those athletes, Tom Brady, I can think off the top of my head, did not even specialize or didn't start playing football till he was in high school. So a lot of these athletes, they're playing multiple sports. It develops different attributes, different physical skills, communication, um, all those things, and it doesn't overload your body. And so you avoid those injuries that can derail a career. Um, and it's just more fun too. So um, at the end of the day, the, the women and the team, they have a lot of fun. They enjoy each other's presence. Um, I think you know, they come in the training room, each has a different personality and they have fun. And I really try to emphasize that, especially with the youth uh, athletes, because being physically active and having fun is more important. And the chances of kind of getting to that level, the reality is are pretty slim. So focusing on, you know, the, the wellness and the exercise and the physical activity and all that, I think is the most important thing. So how did you become a team doctor at this level? I mean, how did your career path lead you there? <laughs> Um, I was talking to uh, the team physician for the 49ers. We were up in San Jose not too long ago, and we were kind of chatting. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, how do you get into this role? And, and a lot of it just kind of happenstance and just being available um, and kind of saying yes to opportunities. But a lot of it also is just communication and, and being a good person and team player. There's a lot of times when I'm helping to move luggage or helping with something that's completely non-medical. But when you're traveling and when you're with the team, um, you're a part of that team, even if it's a small, small amount. And so all those little things actually add up and, and really increase your value. So for people that are trying to get into that kind of role, I think it's just about you know being professional, being a good person, communicating well, you know, helping out, pitching in. Um, and there's a big sacrifice too, you know, like when I take these trips. Uh, you know, I leave home and I, I leave my significant other and it's 
you know, it's, it's in some ways viewed as vacation um, for work. So it's a sacrifice, but um, it's so fulfilling and I'm, I'm so happy and, and honored to do it. And I'm um, happy to share my story and thanks for giving me the opportunity. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us on N equals one. You can find more episodes at health.ucsd.edu slash podcast.